Minutes with myself, Michael Bergio, and Mark Novak. And this morning, we're going to be talking about buying first or selling first. Does the chicken or the egg, who comes first? What should we do? How are you, Mr. Novak? Good, buddy. Good, good. It's a big topic, hey, because I think we're pretty used to it because we're, uh, look, we're collectively between us, we've been in real estate for over 30 years and we're exposed to a lot of people buying, selling, but just that mere fact or that concept of, oh, shit, I've got to sell. Oh, shit, I've got to buy. What do I do first? Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's definitely probably a topic that has always been in real estate, hasn't it, Mark? I don't, it's not something, you know, when like something like financing where uh, sometimes people would, it would go through a phase where money's really easy. So finance is never like a discussion, a discussion point in um, real estate and then financing is really tough. Sometimes it comes and goes, but I find this, this topic and this thought pattern for yeah. people buying and selling has always been there. I really don't see it ever leaving. Um, what's your take on it, Mark? Look, it's an emo It's certainly an emotion that people um, all deal with differently. There's certainly strategy behind it, which which we which is today what we we can arm people with as well with with strategy. The emotion, I guess, everyone's different how they operate, and some people operate in a manner where uh, they're, they're extremely cautious and some yes. people operate in a manner where they're just cut snakes crazy and they just don't give a shit and they get it done. Who cares whatever the order is? They don't even care mm. about strategy. So I guess where we want to arm you today, guys, is let's give you the cross-section of what people do and how they do it um, yes. and get a bit of strategy behind it. And then the takeouts will be you'll have that confidence and strategy to do, to do your shit. Yes. And I think first foremost is liaising with a broker to see what you can do. How often, Mark, we get people who assume they have to sell to buy um, when some, in some cases you don't have to. And we always advise if you don't have to sell, hold on to the property. So I think yes. first step is can you buy another property and retain the initial property as well? Because it's just, the, that would be what we see the clients do if they can. Um, and sometimes people can do that. And it also depends what you're buying. Is your secondary, is your, let's just say you've got one property in the, in the workshop and you're buying a second property. Now, if it's an investment property that you're buying, then I think it can, um, I would ask my broker two questions. What can I buy if I sell? And what can I buy if I retain the property would be would be one at one. But yep. if you're selling to move it into move into, for example, you've got a, a two bedroom unit in DY and you want to buy a house, let's say in Narrowena, um, and then you go to my broker, what can I do there? So what would be because I think a lot of people don't um, fully understand how cheap money is at the moment and with the rental returns where you may be able to, if you've got enough equity and cash deposit, keeping that second property, because a lot of people may think, oh, I can't buy it, it'll cost me too much a week to keep, like it's just not affordable. Where yeah. actually so with interest rates so low, you may be able to keep the initial property and it either makes you money, i.e. $20 a week after everything, or it only costs you $20, $50 a week. So I think yep. that's a big one. 
Um, so, so, um, so it's really so on the outset. I want to buy a house. I want to sell my. I want to sell my house. Uh, first thing to do, talk to um, talk to your broker, and then just just do an analysis and see if you can keep. If you can do both, see if you have to sell one. See how much you can borrow, and then a, a broker will do a um, will not, will actually give you a form of pre-approval. Now, at the same time and concurrently, you want to know what you want to buy. So unfortunately, mm. I think people feel silly going shopping with no money in their pocket, but you have to. Yeah, it's 100% right because you you may think that, let's say you got a unit worth 800 grand and your next step is a house and you th- you're thinking, yep, I'll be able to get what I want for one, two, one, three. But then when you actually yeah. start going out uh, on the Saturdays to open homes and you go, oh, actually, one, two, one, three just doesn't, get what I would want to move. So that means I need to push it to 1.5. So as much as we always say, um, get your sort of ducks in a line with money prior to going shopping, but you really need to know what you can buy before you do all that because you may you may end up not doing the move because of that or going down a different path. Well, your broker's gonna ask you how much you earn. The broker's gonna ask you what, how much do you wanna buy, what's your place worth? And the broker's gonna ask how much do you wanna buy for? So we call it the discovery process. Yes. You, as a buyer, you have gotta go through that discovery process on your buying, going to open house, a half a dozen or a dozen, dreaming with no money in your pocket, having a dream, and then you know your buy price, which then takes us over to your sell price how does how does how do you discover what that is in the discovery process? Yeah, and then you only do that by getting out and about. Now, Mike, do you find it's easier if you're? I think, in my view, I find a lot of people downsizing have a bit more. They're a little bit more open to buying before they sell because they've generally, especially if you've owned a property for 10, 15, 20 years, and you've got a fair whack of equity in there. So. If you've owned a home in, say, Narawena for 15 years, you bought it for 400 grand, now it's worth 1.7, and you're looking to downsize to something around 900 grand, you may already have that in in equity uh, ready to go. So yep. that's where I find a lot of people, though that type of buyer profile is very open to buying before they sell because they know they've got the money there. It's a formality of just going through the process to sell. But what about when the shoe's on the other foot and you've got your unit for 800 grand and you're buying in a market 1517. Okay, can we hold on to that topic for one second? Can I just rewind a little bit back to the discovery process? You know what you want to spend because you've gone to to six to 12 open houses. And to know what you're going to sell for, you've gone to six to 12 open houses, but they're not like your property. But the good news is you're going to meet six to 12 Mm. real estate agents. Grab one of those agents, two of those yes. agents, or three of those agents, and ask them to come and appraise your property for free. Tell them you're not sure if you're selling or if you're going to rent it out. Either way, they're going to have business there. Either way, it's going to allow you to build a good relationship with a good agent who will also help you to buy, by the way, not just sell. But they will tell you the value of your property. That is the information and all of the information you're going to need for your broker. What you're going to buy for what you're going to sell for, and also, you know, your income. Um, so yes. those three things are critical. 
uh, and you and you, I'm sure you know your mortgage. Most people do. Um, with the collectively with that information, now you're armed, and now you're going over to the process you just spoke about, Michael. Definitely. And what? So then, I think a big tip as well, Mark. Once you've found that property, is how you can structure. It. And this is something that many buyers don't think of, and a lot of agents um, don't offer this structure but a lot of the time the buyers won't tell an agent their situation and what i mean by that is if you have to if you're buying before you're selling there's certain terms you can ask for in your purchase that will just make that selling process a lot easier for yeah. example uh you you um you find a let's say you've got the house you're downsizing you found the apartment you like you secure the property but you ask for a long settlement eight weeks 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 14 week settlement, which 20. gives you 20 week settlement, which gives you the ability of time and you have the ability to bring it forward. And why do we do that, Mark? Because what did you say before? When you're selling, when you don't have to sell or when you've got time buying, when you don't have to buy, you are in the best position. How often do we see? Yeah, you're a much cooler cat. Like you got to admit this guys, you're a much cooler cat. Um, when you and by the way guys what we're talking about today is buying before you sell or or do you sell first do you buy first this is the topic we're talking about we've got a shout out to anyone on the, the, the yes me admiral right. andrew cole um hey. we've got rick mooney on jeff luby todd love having you guys on every morning it's really great great price jez jez Silla, how are you buddy um yes we've got, thanks we've got florida with us again no no i haven't seen we've got florida, no florida yet. today oh. ah. Baby's having so, to sleep in. Well, I'm sure it's probably right. nighttime there, isn't it? It probably is. So, um, okay, where were we? Okay, we were reducible settlement. Where you're a yeah. better buyer when you don't have to buy. You are such a cool cat when you have no time pressure. You can walk away from a deal. You're a cool cat. Now, when you're a seller and you haven't bought either, you know, you're a much cooler cat as well. So, our recommendation is to sell first. And like you said, Michael, get the reducible settlement. And the reducible settlement is an absolute cracker because you can ask for 12 weeks, commit mm -hmm. to a price, commit to, to 12 weeks or 20 weeks, but then you also get written into your contract that as a seller, you can reduce that whenever you want, which yes. means if, if you find a desperado person to buy off, you can do a four-week settlement. You don't have to convince them to do a 20-week um, settlement. And that's the powerful thing. You're, you're selling with more time, so you don't have to pre-pressure and take an offer. But that's if you're then you're buying with armed up with cash. And we're, we've done this on um, many of our talks before. Going to a buyer with a contract signed with a 66W, ready to go, quick settlement, um, is very, very desirable for someone selling. And sometimes we see uh, a seller take a lower price because it is there ready to go shorter time frame. So yes. that's where it's very, very good to put yourself in that position. And it just takes a bit of organization, um, a, some just correct knowledge. Watching this talk, I hope this can really help people who are in this position to steer them in a direction that will allow them to be able to sell with less stress and get an optimum price because they're not rushing and they're not taking the first offer, which sometimes is the best offer, but they've got time to assess. And when they're buying, they've got the ability to do a quick deal 
if needed. Okay. So buy before you sell, sell before you buy. What are the takeouts from this conversation from uh, from today's show? Takeouts would be uh, long settlement, flexible settlement terms would be yep, key. Settlement. Yep. Uh, engage a broker first and like engage a broker and do that whole discovery process. Vital. Discovery process. So discovery process, go and see your six or 12 properties that you want to buy, even though you got no money and learn about if there is something out there that you like, get inspired. And then you've got your buy figure. Then to get your sell figure, the agents that you met when you're out there that you liked, invite them to your home to give you a free and complimentary sales appraisal Why they are there. Get a rental appraisal from them as well. Yes, and see if you can retain the property. Um, so obviously that works for that rental appraisal. I think a lot of people just look at the sale, but look at the rental. And then you give that to your broker saying, hey, I'll get $500 a week. And then you may be like, actually, while well, your expenses are 400, you're going to make $100 and buy a second property. Therefore, now you've got, so let's say your $800,000 unit plus the home. Now you've got two properties going up in value, which is the key thing there. Nice. Anything else you want to and, add on to uh, that, Mark? Any questions out there, guys? Look, I, I want to put a bit of emotion behind it. Um, guys, it is super stressful. Uh, we get it. Um, it's okay to think that. You, don't, you know, if you don't think that, you're probably not normal either. So the concept of, of buying a home and having to sell your home and do it in a relatively short time, yes, it's stressful. Get armed with the information like we've suggested today. Um, and, and everyone will do it differently. And I guess depending on the industry that you're currently in is the way you're going to operate that buy and sell. An accountant will do it different to a stockbroker, will do, will do it different to a courier. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever your job is, you'll operate in that manner in a little bit oh, different. And that's okay. We've missed probably the most important one. Tell me. Buy and sell in the same market. Ah, yes. Take it away, Mark. Yes. I'll let you go on this one. No, you brought it up. And got to know. <laughs> go, tell me, tell us, tell us. I, if you're buying and selling in the same market, it just, when you try and beat the system or you, you take too much time, it just opens the door for danger. And what we yep. mean by that is, let's just say you, you've sold your unit for 800,000 and you think the market's going to go down, you're trying to speculate, so you hold yep. off buying, but history has proven majority, it's more likely to go up than it is down. Let's just yes. say, um, instead of the market, you've had, let's say you've sold, you got the opportunity to buy this house for 1.3, and you feel like you're going to outsmart the system, so you wait six months. But yep. that property now is 1.45. You don't have that asset anymore at 800, what would be 900. So you've cashed out of that. You've got no growth, maybe just your wages and savings. But now that yeah. home at one three is one four five. You can't afford to buy it. You're stuck because one thing we've always in a rising market, particularly yes. in a rising market. And so we're in a rising market. We're definitely in a rising market. And I, even if we are not, and the okay, let's face it. Let's say you do outsmart the system. Great, you saved maybe five percent. But when you look at the risk versus reward, your risk is being outpriced of a market and not being able to buy again yeah. uh, compared to saving 5%. I wouldn't take that risk. 
because you're going to be, look at this way, you do that. And I know I heard a lot of stories, Northern Beaches, Mark, of people around that. I think it was 2010, no, 2015, they sold and they bet the market was going to go down. The reality yep. is they sold and they couldn't even buy in at the property they sold. That's how yep. bad it can be. And I don't and feel that is worth the risk. And you know what, Michael, when people say this actually fundamentally, if you want to make your money off other people's loss, it's not a good business model. It's yes. not a good business model. So I have time and time here again, you've probably got your 5% of the people in the market and I will hear them say to me, Mark, the market is going to shit itself and then I'm going to grab a mortgagee possession property, yes. someone who's absolutely desperate and has to sell and has to give it away. So I'm going to sell now. I'm going to wait, you know, 12 months, 18 months till the market absolutely shits itself. Then I'm going to swoop for someone who's, who's you know, going out of business, bankrupt. I cringe stuff. when I hear that. I cringe. And when I, hear I feel that, bad. It's like, I cringe. Oh, mate, it's like, it's if you're making your money on someone else's loss, it's not good money. So, yeah. so guys and girls who are watching, just remember, it's just it's not a good. It, it's it's if you want to build your business on that or build your purchase off that, um, the odds are I think you're going to fail. And Mark, who else said that to us, Mr. Triggerboff? And when I heard that, I was like, "You're a good man." So, do you want to go through? Um, that was through David said the ethos is we would rather pay overs for land and development sites. But that means we're also getting overs for the apartments. We want everyone to be winning. The sellers to get good money, the unit buyers to, and us to get good money when we're selling the units because it's a growing yeah. economy. It's a booming economy. Everybody wins. They didn't have that ethos of let's find someone who's screwed and screw them even more. It just, it, it doesn't, doesn't sound good. Doesn't leave any for anyone. But you are right. Buying in the same market, absolutely critical on, on this subject today of buying and selling first. Yeah. Um, don't, don't leave yourself out of the marketplace for a long time. I think you're okay with maybe six weeks or maybe 12 yep. or six or 16. But if you're 26, 52 weeks out of the market, you are in, I think the odds are you, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. Your gap's going to only get bigger and bigger. It's going to cost you more and more. Michael Edwards has said 10% of properties sell at a bargain price minus 10% sell over market, 80% sell at market. Very good point. And that's, like that's that. good. I like that. 10% of properties sell at a bargain price, 10% sell at over market. Yeah, that's a good yep. one, Mick. Yep. I like that. And it's so true, isn't it? So true. Big time. Yeah. Alrighty, thank you, Michael, for joining. I'll let you know when that bunker. It's still no no move yet. I reckon that's going to be a cracker space, and we will do a uh, a morning minutes when that opens because that's your co-work, new, co-work, the co-work, the the new first, evolution. Co-work in DY luxury co-work space coming available at Novak. Michael Edwards is going to be our first tenant, apparently. Yeah, he's been on it, so it's going to happen. So if you want to work with Michael and across the road from us. Let us know. We're taking registrations now. <laughs> Free coffee at Novak. Free coffee at Novak. All righty, guy. Anything else you want to add there, Mark? No, nah, have a great day, everyone. Hope we helped you out. If you've got anyone that you know that's buying or selling, please share this video. We survive on shares and likes. Thank and, yes. uh, and, and it's 50 bucks for a share. Yeah, so $50 it if you win. 
if you were giving <laughs> we're giving away two and a half thousand dollars um yes. over the next 12 months which is 50 dollars a share every week we um just gave our first one away uh last week and the guy didn't think we were for real um yeah. when, he, when he when he did the share and he was like oh that's cool <laughs> yeah i thought i was a scam so for us for us i think the name was share away and um yes let's work on it andrew cole let's get these domains up and running all right guys thank you Thanks. everyone cheers, cheers Michael. bye bye, bye. bye.